Today on the Blue Collar Blueprint Podcast, I'm going to show you how to make $1,000 a day every day that you go out into the world and utilize your skill as a blue collar guy. We'll also take a peek into the mailbag, answer a couple questions, and get to a whole lot of other good stuff today. My name is Jonah Wright, and it's my job to give you the tools that you need in order to build a full and successful life from the ground up and with your own two hands. This is the Blue Collar Blueprint Podcast. Well, hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the show. Great to have you here, as always. Right from the get-go, don't forget to subscribe, like, leave a comment. That stuff helps make the show grow. I'm not going to grovel too much today, but just wanted to remind you, if you haven't done those things, take a couple moments, click a couple buttons. It'll really help the show out. All right, so we're going to dive into this episode today, the meat and potatoes section of the show, where we're going to show you how to earn $1,000 a day when you go out to utilize your trade. This is a big deal, right? I mean, it's a big deal for a lot of reasons. Reason number one is because this is something that can break you away from the being a wage slave, right? Being somebody who is working your butt off every single day, but who just can't get ahead. Well, let me tell you, if you can get to a point where you're earning $1,000 a day, boy, is it easy to get ahead, right? I mean, if you know what the show is about, you know that the Blue Collar Blueprint is broken down into three simple parts. It's to learn and to earn and to churn. You learn a trade, you earn a solid income, and then you churn that income into great investments. Those investments produce passive income and then that passive income builds up to a point where you reach this thing we call financial freedom. That's the goal. That's the whole idea of this entire podcast. And obviously today's episode is all about the earn, right? We want to earn that solid income. And I define a solid income, as you may have guessed, as anybody who can earn $1,000 a day every day that they go out to work and they want to do that consistently so you want to be in a situation where you can earn a thousand dollars working five days a week and let me just tell you do some simple math here if you work a regular full-time job you work five days a week 50 weeks per year, that's $250,000 a year. That's a lot of money and that is a really good place to get yourself started to leverage yourself into solid investments and really begin to create the explosive growth that you're ultimately looking for. So we're going to be breaking down 10 great strategies that you can use in your life to really attain this goal. And that's something I want to touch on real quick before we dive into the, the strategies and all the other stuff is that you, you got to get yourself out of this scarcity mindset. And trust me, I know what it feels like to be in a scarcity mindset because when I first found out that there were guys like you and me, tradespeople, blue collar dudes who can go out into the marketplace and legitimately earn a thousand dollars of net profit, meaning money that actually goes in your pocket for every day that you go to work. I didn't believe it. I could, I couldn't believe it. It was, it was mind boggling to me. I knew that there were lawyers and doctors and all kinds of people with fancy degrees who were able to make that kind of money, but I didn't know that I could do it as a drywall man. But guess what? I can and I do. Every day I go to work, I make $1,000, plain and simple. And I do it by utilizing the strategies that we're going to be talking about today. So I want you to understand that this isn't just some sort of pipe dream. This isn't some like 20 years down the road, we're going to get to that point kind of thing. Now, this is where we're heading right now. I don't care where you're at on your, your level. You could be starting a, a brand new job right now today. I want you to be moving in the direction of getting to that $1,000 right now. Now, it might take a little while. It's going to take a couple years. You're going to have to do some strategizing. You're going to have to change some things. All of that's fine, but you want to move to this goal, and it's a real goal, and you can 
accomplish it. So don't imagine that this is some sort of pipe dream. It's not. You can do it and you should. The second thing that I want to touch on real quick is that this episode is not going to be here to like teach you the hacks, right? Today I'm going to teach you how to hack your way to $1,000 a day. No, that's not what this is about. There's nothing tricky about what we're going to be talking about today. We're not going to be gaming the system. The fact of the matter is, if you want to earn a grand a day, you're going to have to work really hard, okay? This isn't some easy thing to do. It's easy to understand. It's easy to situate yourself to where you can do this, but it's actually hard work that's going to take in order for you to go into the world create real value, and then get paid real money consistently time after time. So again, this isn't some sort of how to hack your way into the system. It's just about putting your nose to the grindstone, but doing it in the way that is intelligent and that will leverage your value to maximum effect, meaning a, min a minimum of $1,000 a day. And then the third thing that I want to touch on real quick before we get into the strategies is that all of these 10 strategies are... I want you to treat them more like guidelines than hard and fast rules, right? I'm not going to give you the Ten Commandments. You must do these things. It's not a you must. It's a these things are going to help push you in the direction of earning $1,000 a day. Maybe some of these things aren't going to be appropriate to you or your trade or your business or your market or your circumstance or your level of expertise or whatever, right? It's your job in order to take the strategies we're going to talk about today and mold them to fit your real life. So understand that if you hear one of these things, it doesn't mean you have to like quit your entire job and like restructure everything because there are plenty of opportunity to to take the guidelines that we have here and adjust them as necessary. So these aren't hard and fast rules. They're just guidelines. Understand that going in. So let's go ahead and blow through them real quick. We're going to go through our 10 strategies to get yourself into a situation where you are earning $1,000 of net profit every single day that you go to work. And the first guideline is to work for yourself. Okay, now I just got done saying that none of these are rules, but if there are any rules, this is about as close to a rule as it's gonna get. If you want to earn $1,000 a day, the vast majority of blue collar guys need to be in a position where they are working for themselves, running their own businesses, in whatever way that means. Maybe it means you're a one-man band, subcontractor type thing. Maybe you work a you know two or three-man crew. Maybe you have a larger business, 5, 10, 20, 50, 100 employees. It doesn't really matter what way you go about it. The bottom line is if you want to be making that kind of money, you almost certainly need to be working for yourself. So now is the time to start moving in the direction. If you aren't already self-employed, you need to start getting there quick. What do you have to do in order to be self-employed? Do you need a license? If the answer is yes, what do I have to do? What what you know check marks do I have to check off the box in order to get myself the license I need to legally open my business? Do I need to take a test? Do I need to read books? Do I have to go to a school? Whatever those things are, start doing them and get moving in that direction pronto. If you already work for yourself, congratulations, you're already halfway there because you're not going to have to worry about having a guy over top of you scraping the cream off of the top of the value that you're creating because if you're self-employed, you'll be in a situation where you will get access to all of the value that you actually go out and create. So step number one is to be in a position where you work for yourself. Get self-employed. That's the way to go. Strategy number two is to specialize. 
If you didn't hear our conversation with Tommy Har, an interview I did a couple of episodes back, make sure you go and check that out because it was a great conversation. But I bring that up because he said something really smart in our conversation. And he said that there are riches in the niches. And boy, is he right. Okay, If you want to make $1,000 a day, you should try your darndest to get yourself into a situation where you are specializing and focusing in on one task, one niche in whatever trade you have. In my case, I'm a drywall guy. I can do it all, right? I can hang, I can finish, I can texture, I can do new new construction, I can do remodels, you name it, I can do it. But guess what? My business doesn't offer all of those services. My business narrows itself down into one niche in the drywall world, which is, in my case, popcorn removal. That's what I like to do. I make great money and I'm extremely good at it better than most of the other people who are around me, which helps me get good jobs. I am actually a specialist in popcorn removals. Uh, but the bottom line is, is that I'm not competing for all of these other, you know, with all these other drywall guys, because when somebody wants a popcorn ceiling removed, guess what? They enter it into Google, they find me, they hire me, wham, bam, everybody's happy. So that's what it's about for a niche. You want to find something within your trade that you can specialize in and drive people to a specific task. That's where the money's at. Try to avoid being a big broad guy and narrow your trade down to something that you like and that is also extremely profitable so that you can get yourself into a position to earn a great income. There are riches in the niches. Think about that and narrow your business down. So whatever your trade is, maybe you're an air conditioning guy. HVAC guys can do a ton of stuff and that's great, but what are the things that make the most money in the HVAC trade? Let's say that you can uh, say say it's mini split installations. If you're a mini split installer, then you can go in there. You know exactly what tools you need. You know exactly how much time it's going to take. You know the problems you're going to run to, whatever. Um, but maybe you just offer a service where all you do are mini splits. If it's profitable, if you like doing it, then why not create a business that's only about doing mini splits? Somebody goes online, I want a mini split installed. Wham bam, you show up, you go do the mini split. You're the guy. I mean, if, if you think about it, if you're hiring somebody and you're like, hey, I can choose this big company who claims to be, you know, a jack of all trades, or I can hire the specialist, who are you going to go with? Well, guess what? A whole lot of people are more interested in going with the specialist, even if that guy has the same skill set as the general guy. That's not really the point. The bottom line is that you can specify and you can tighten your business down by focusing in on a niche. You got to do that. Focus on the niche. There are riches in the niches. Step number three is to maximize your value, meaning you have to actually be able to produce $1,000 a day if you want to earn $1,000 a day, okay? Um, I bring this up because... There are a ton of people out there who go to work, they learn a job, they're on the job for six months, and they think, okay, I've got it, I've, I know everything I need to know, let me go ahead and run out and, and run my own business. That is almost certainly a terrible idea, okay? There are a ton of guys out in the trades who suck, okay? Let's be real about it, okay? There's a lot of people who do garbage work, and a lot of those people just have not developed their skills sufficient in order to be out there creating the kind of value that they want to make. So don't jump the gun. You have to actually be an expert and actually be worth the $1,000 a day if you want to do that. So step number three is to simply focus on maximizing your value. So if you're doing something uh, that's done by the square foot, 
Are you capable of doing that number of square feet in order to make $1,000 a day? Are you fast enough? If you're not, you need to be trained in that skill set so that you can get to the point where you are. If you need to do 500 square feet, but you can only do 200, well, guess what? You're not maximizing your value. You've got to figure out how to get yourself into that situation so that you can actually produce that much value every day. Guideline number four is focus on efficiency and quality. Those two things have to be married to each other. They can never break up. There is no divorce. You have to be fast and you have to be good. Okay. Uh, this is really, really important. If you're efficient, your job will move smoother. It will be cleaner and it will go faster, but you don't want to be perceived as the guy who goes fast, but who doesn't do a good job. Forget about that. You have to do both things. You have to be fast and good, right? And sometimes if you want to be good, it slows you down a little bit. And sometimes if you are going fast, it will make you rush your job and you won't do it as well. You can't let either of those things happen. You have to make sure that you find that perfect balance between quality and efficiency. Be fast and be good. You want to keep happy customers. You want to have minimum aggravation for yourself, minimum aggravation, irritation for your customers. And when you compare those two things together, you will be unstoppable. Okay. When I go into somebody's house and I go in there and I knock that thing out and I do a phenomenal job there, they look at those ceilings and they go, how the hell did he do that? One guy by himself was able to do this. They love it. They love me. They love my company. They refer me. I make more money. My Google reviews start going well. It makes it easier for me to get on my, you know, to get my website to the top of the page. All of these things come together. So you have to do a great job and you got to be speedy at it. Otherwise, you're not going to be in a position to make a thousand dollars a day. So marry efficiency with quality. You got to be really good and you got to be quick. So get those two things worked out. Guideline number five is consider jobs that are short term. Okay. What this means is that you want to try to create a business where you're not going to be involved on the same project for like six months. Okay. It's so much harder to bid jobs that go on for longer than just a few days and make sure that you have enough money in there in order to cover your costs. Okay. For a popcorn removal, for instance, it is super unusual if I'm on a job for longer than three days. Okay. The, the, the bottom line is if I'm working a full week, I try to set up a two-day job and a three-day job. I might be in two houses in one week, let's say, or I might do five $1,000 smaller jobs, for instance. Uh, so the reason that we want to have a shorter-term job is because it can keep your margins nice and tight. Uh, you know exactly how long your job is going to take, and then you can charge for it accordingly. And if something does go haywire, if you've got a three-day job that turns out to be a total nightmare and it takes you twice as long to get the job done than you perceived, you're not really losing all that much money. So you can kind of balance all those things out and over the average of your work month, let's say, you can make up the loss that you may have had there. So I suggest getting into a situation where you have a short period of time so that you can keep your numbers solid because it's really, really easy to you know, mess up a quote if you're looking at a giant remodel project that might take six months. Well, if you think it's gonna take six, but it actually takes seven, well, now you've got an entire month of that you didn't account for and you're minimizing the amount of money that you're working on a day-by-day -day basis and that's no good. So if you keep it small, you'll be able to keep it all, and that's where you want to be. Guideline number six is to run a tight ship. What do I mean by that? I mean you need to be squared away. Your business as an entity needs to be squared away, and you as a human being, as a worker, as an 
as a guy, as a person, you need to be squared away. Answer your phone. Communicate with people. If you sh tell somebody you're going to be there at a certain time, actually be there at that time. It's really important. Just run a tight ship. Treat people the way that you want to be treated. Again, I've said this before, but there was a really smart guy about 2,000 years ago who suggested that. It's good advice, okay? Make sure that you are treating people the way that you want to be treated. If you're going to be late, give people a courtesy call. Hey, I'm running 10 minutes late. I apologize for that. I hope that won't be an issue. People respect that. Be a respectable person. Run a tight ship. It's a big deal and it'll make a big difference in your business. Um, guideline number seven is stay in the sweet spot of your niche. Once you have figured out what niche you are going to focus in on, right? You've got your niche. You, you like this one particular thing. You're a popcorn guy. You're the mini split guy. You're the whatever guy, right? You're the crown molding guy, whatever. You, you'll want to stay inside of that because here's what's going to happen. You're going to go out in the world and people are going to call you and say, hey, popcorn guy, are you interested in hanging 300 board on my brand new construction? And my answer is, no, I'm not. You know, I, that's not what I do. That's not my niche. I try to keep that my jobs inside of my funnel. The funnel is where the money is. There are other guys who might specialize and have their jobs perfectly happy to go out and do 300 boards. I'm not one of those guys. I don't want to do that. Now, will I do that if the popcorn jobs start drying up or if I'm getting hungry? You bet your ass, but I'm going to do whatever I got to do in order to make sure that if I do a job that's outside of my niche, that I'm going to get paid my $1,000 per day, which means that I'm probably going to price myself out for other types of jobs when I could be getting paid market rate for doing my niche. So again, if you have to, you got to do what you got to do, but try to keep your business inside of the pipeline and only do what your niche is. That's where the sweet spot is. That's where you're going to make money. It's like a quarterback. He wants to stay in the pocket. He's protected. He can look around. He can make a smart decision and execute. It's the same idea. Stay in the niche. Sometimes somebody breaks through and you got to run away. It is what it is, uh, but do what you can in order to stay inside of that sweet spot. Guideline number eight is to understand your customer. This is a big deal, and this is something that I need you to really understand. The people who actually pay you the $1,000 a day are nobody except for your customers, okay? And you need to understand them, and you need to respect them, right? Customers are the people whom you work for. They are the reason that you get paid the $1,000 a day, so you got to treat them right. you got to treat them good. you got to treat them the way that you want to be treated. Uh, but one thing that you do need to understand, and there are a couple of hurdles here, is that you are almost certainly not your ideal customer. Why? Well, because you're a handy guy. You're a blue collar guy. You know how to fix stuff, right? So if you have something in your house that needs to be done, there's a good chance you'll look at it and be like, nah, I'm just going to go ahead and take care of that. Yeah, I want to do some crown molding. Why hire the crown molding guy? I can just do this on a weekend. That's how you and I think about things, right? That's not how people who hire us think, okay? Those people do other stuff in their lives, or they just don't have the time, they don't have the interest, they don't have the skill, whatever. Whatever it is, the bottom line is, is that you don't want to be thinking like, why isn't this guy just doing this himself? This is so simple. Why doesn't he just do it on his own? Well, he's not for whatever reason he's got. doesn't really matter why he's not doing it. The bottom line is that he's not, and you are not your ideal customer. So be okay with that. So it's, it's a strange thing, but it is what it is. The other thing that you need to understand is that if you are offering services that you do an excellent job at, at a market rate, meaning you are charging the same or close to the same as everybody else who's offering a similar kind of service to you, um, that people will pay it. Okay. Again, this is something that I deal with all the time. I think, 
I would never pay somebody X amount of dollars in order to do what it is that I'm offering them to do. But the fact of the matter is that I am a blue collar guy and I'm capable of doing different things. I have different relationships. I have different skill sets. So while I might not be willing to pay money to do X, there are plenty of people who are. So if you're offering a service that's within the market value, then don't be afraid to say, this is what this costs. If you want me to do it, this is the amount of money that we're going to have to agree upon. Understand that people all the time are willing and in fact happy to pay a thousand dollars a day for the services that you provide. So be okay with that and make sure that you go out there and make sure you're getting paid what you are producing, the actual value that you actually produce. And the third thing I want to talk about real quick with the customers is that some people are dickheads, okay? And sometimes those people are your customers. And when that happens, uh, if you're in a situation where you can, oftentimes it's best just to say, look, I don't think this is going to be a great relationship. I appreciate the opportunity, but I'm going to pass. I don't think this is a good fit. Sometimes you got to just do that. I call this firing a customer. You do it gently. You do it nicely if you can. Uh, but if you have a person that you know is going to be a problem, it's sometimes best just to say, yeah, I don't think it's best that we work together and then you can walk away from the process. Again, as somebody who falls victim to the scarcity mindset all the time, I have a really difficult time turning away work. But sometimes it's necessary when you know that there's going to be a problem customer. It's not worth messing your reputation. It's not worth getting yourself into a bad cycle. Don't do that if you don't have to. So if you have a bad customer, respectfully turn down the work and then move on to the next opportunity. Number nine, keep your overhead low. This is a simple thing to understand. The fewer expenses you have, the more money you get to put in your pocket. So if you want to earn $1,000 a day, keep your expenses minimal, right? Now, you're going to have to have expenses. You have materials you got to buy. You might have to have a back office staff. You might have to have a showroom, depending on what kind of business you have. You might have to have a special kind of truck, special equipment, et cetera, et cetera. We, I get that, right? There are going to be expenses in every kind of business, but there are certain expenses that you don't need, and you want to identify those and get rid of them. Keep your expenses low. You want to keep it small and keep it all. Okay. That's the strategy. You want to minimize the amount of money that you have flowing out so that you can keep that money staying in your wallet. That's the goal. And then finally, we've got our mindset. And we've been talking about a lot of mindset stuff, frankly, through these entire strategies. But there's a couple of points that I really want to touch on first and foremost. Number one, if you want to earn $1,000 a day, that means that you have to get yourself out of the mindset of being an hourly worker. If you're anything, again, like me, you probably went $1,000 a day. If I work eight hours a day, how much, do, you know, you're, you're trying to figure out how much is that per hour. Stop thinking like that. The, the, the money, getting paid by the hour is this idea of trading your time for money. We're not doing that. If you want to make real money in the world, you have to get into the mindset of trading value for money. What can you do to produce value to get in exchange for money? There are many times where I go out and I do a job, I make $1,000 and then I leave at lunchtime. Sometimes those jobs come by me and I take them and I like them. Obviously, that's a good thing. Now, and I don't feel bad about it because I have created a thousand dollars of value and I got paid a thousand dollars of money. It doesn't matter how long it took me to do it. That's what all of these strategies are about, about squeezing all of that value into one day time. That's what we want to do. So understand that you're not an hourly employee. You work for value. You got to be in a situation where you're creating a lot of value. And if you do that, you'll make a lot of money. And the second thing is real quick is that confidence sells. You got to be a confident person if you want to be in a situation to sell a thousand dollars a day. There are a lot of people who sometimes look at me like, 
you're a drywall man and you want to charge me a thousand dollars for a one-day project and I look him in the eye and I say yes I do that's what it's worth that's what I'm worth if you want me to do it that's great if you want to hire the guy who has the hourly mindset who's doing this and that and you think he can do it for 200 bucks go for it I don't care it's not gonna hurt my feelings I've got a whole line of other people behind you who will hire me for what I'm worth which is $1,000 per day so if you want to hire me let's sign up if you don't no harm no foul good luck to you uh, and then call me back when I have to come fix that guy's work which is inevitably going to happen right um, so again you want to be a confident guy you need to know if you're actually producing the value that you are worth the value don't let people nickel and dime you again if you have to fire a customer because they don't want to pay so be it you know I mean it is what it is um, if you're actually worth the value if you got high quality quality and you're efficient and you can make a thousand bucks in a day worth of value then go do that and don't take less okay but be confident about it don't seem desperate don't come off as as a as a weird used car salesman kind of guy go out there focus with what you got to focus on and be confident it'll change your life all right so that was it guys that is 10 strategies that you can use as guidelines to start pushing yourself in the direction of earning a solid income a solid income of one thousand dollars per day in conjunction those things will come together in order to help you get in that position right now so be thinking about how you can adjust your life into a situation in your trade in your business into a place where you are following these guidelines those things will help get you in that direction so that you can be earning that kind of money right off the bat now before we leave this section I wanted to touch on a handful of things real quick that I was thinking about while I was preparing this segment and I thought as a you know remodel guy as a building contractor part of what I do for my my churn is I invest in real estate right so I buy houses I tear them apart and I put them back together but I'm not physically doing all of the work all of the time I do a lot of work and I do a lot of the things but I hire out a lot of guys too I find that it's a much more efficient use of my money and my time you know I've got a job I'm doing this I'm managing multiple properties I can't be in 10 places at once so I hire people to do certain tasks at my job so I thought what kind of guys do I hire who are earning a thousand dollars a day when I hire them as a real estate investor somebody who by the way is in interested in trying to keep the expense as low as possible so I can make as much profit on the back end as I can even though I like to I'm a cheap dude I still pay a ton of people a thousand dollars a day to do a great job on my projects and I'll go through them with you real quick the first guy I'm thinking about right off the bat are my tile installers a lot of times I'll do a, a, a three bedroom two bath house I'll have a bathroom that has a, a tub with a surround and then I'll have a bathroom that has a walk-in shower my tile guy charges me anywhere between three and four thousand dollars labor only in order to tile those two bathrooms for me I've already hung the board and I'm providing all of the the, the tile material itself all he does is shows up with some grout he shows up with some setting materials and he bangs that sucker out and he charges me three to four thousand dollars depending on the size of the showers um, and you know how fancy things get with niches and benches and all that kind of stuff uh, but that guy gets out of there on that third day every single time he's making a thousand bucks and by the way I'm tickled pink because I hate doing tile I don't care that's a market value no problem he can get out he can get all the uh, tile I got for him and he takes it by the way and he's making bank beautiful thing my flooring guy my flooring guy and I have been working together for a long time where we're really good friends um, and he gives me a great deal it's about two dollars and fifty cents per square foot to install the LVP that I typically use on my projects now two hundred two dollars and fifty cents is not a lot of money for a flooring install it's typical to be anywhere between four and five dollars for a lot of these guys 
but even at $2.50 a square foot, he only needs to do 400 feet a day in order to make $1,000. And let me tell you what, this dude is like the Tasmanian devil. He can get 400 square feet done in a day. He often does a 1,000 square foot house in one day with a couple guys helping him out. So you can do the math from there. You can make a bunch of money if you're a really good, efficient flooring guy. So the next one here is demo. Now I do a lot of demo myself, but of course if I'm managing multiple properties, I'll hire people out. And let me tell you, it ain't cheap. Uh, it's also not a particularly skilled job. It's just physically demanding, right? You got to rip stuff off the wall and throw it into a dumpster and all of that. But just to give you a quick example, I've got a very good friend of mine who just started a new demo company and he is charging $1,800 for one bathroom to get stripped down to the studs. And I'm not talking about like a big giant bathroom either. We're talking about, uh, a, you know, a five foot by 10 foot bathroom to take it from a normal situation down to the studs is $1,800. Now, anybody who's ever done demo, you probably know that if you know what you're doing, you can strip down pretty much any 8x10 bathroom by like lunchtime by yourself. You can make some serious money in the demo world, so that's that's awesome. Tile removal guys. Those guys are getting 2 to $3 per square foot of tile removal. Again, if you're efficient and if you know what you're doing, you can do hundreds of feet every single day you can hire a couple guys to help you to be picking up behind you you can get one of them zamboni things that you drive around and pop the tiles up it doesn't even have to hurt your back right uh so you can make a lot of money in the tile removal space of course my hvac dudes those guys make great money shout out to Corey. uh electrical plumbing guys i know that they're making great money uh going out there and doing what i'm doing I just had a well pump replaced. That guy charged me $400 for a two hour job and he had no materials involved. He's doing five of them in one day. That's $2,000 in one day. The only thing he had to spend in terms of his overhead was the gas to get from one well to the next well. You can make some money guys. It's, it's good stuff. Of course, roof repairs, great way to make a thousand dollars a day. Okay. Uh, the minimum charge that my dad's company charges for a roofing repair is $450. It doesn't matter if it takes them five minutes or 10 hours. The minimum charge is $450 and then it goes up from there. So that's a real good way to make some serious money. Window installers, even with a really good deal, right? Meaning somebody who's given you a great price for the labor on a window install, it's $200 for every single window. A good window installer can bang out an entire house by himself in one day, maybe two, right? But the bottom line is you only have to do five a day in order to make $1,000 per day. That's a great way in order to make some serious money. Of course, trim and carpentry guys, right? I mean, if you're doing crown molding, those dudes charge like $10 per linear foot in order to go out there to get them to come to your house to do crown molding. You can make some serious money in that area. Cabinet installers, of course, they can make great money. You know, you can imagine if you have an entire kitchen worth of cabinets that need to get installed, would you pay somebody $2,000 to do it? You bet your bottom dollar you'd charge, you know, you'd happily give them $2,000 to put your kitchen in for you. And guess what? That guy could probably do it by himself, maybe with one helper in a couple of days. No problemo. You can make some serious money handymen, right? I mean, if you have a big ass list of stuff and the guy goes, yep, I can do this entire list for you for $1,000. Roll with it, man. You know, hang all the blinds, fix the door, get the lock installed, do all these kinds of things. That sounds great. Even a handyman can be making that kind of money. Siding installers. Ooh, there's some money to be made there. So you, you learn how to do uh, hardy siding, whether it's lap siding or shingles or whatever the heck you're doing. 
you can make some serious money putting on some siding. Fence installers can make great money. That is not a cheap business to uh, <laughs> to get involved in. But man, you can make some great money as a fence installer. Uh, so guys, you know, those are just a short example of guys who I personally will pay $1,000 a day for. The bottom line is, is that it doesn't matter what trade you're in. You can specialize. You can niche down to a specific area and you can be out there making $1,000 a day for sure every single day. And then real quick, the last thing I want to leave you with is I was thinking, okay, let me think about all these guys. I'm thinking about my tile dude, my flooring guy, my demo people and all this stuff. I'm thinking, what is it that separates somebody who's out there doing what they're doing? What separates them from somebody who's not making a thousand dollars a day? Well, the first thing is all of those guys run their own business. Plain and simple. Now, a lot of them also hire people who help them out, right? They're also helping produce this value, but the guy at the top is the one who's making those big bucks. You got to run your own business. Hear that. Hear it strong. But here's a list of few things real quick that we'll go through that separates the guys who make $1,000 a day from everybody else who isn't making a grand a day. First off, they're fast and they're efficient. I don't want people who are going to be in there dawdling, right? I want them to do a great job, but I want them to get the heck out of my way so I can go on and move on to the next step. Everybody wants you to come in and then get the heck out. Efficiency and quality. Really important that those two things come together. All of these guys have it. It's essential. The second thing is follow through. They actually do exactly what they say. If I say to them, hey, I want you to do this, this, and this, and they say, okay, you got it. They do all of that stuff. So they actually follow through. They tell me they're going to be there on Monday. They show up on Monday. This is an important thing. It gets back to running a tight ship like we talked about earlier. The next thing is they don't surprise me with price add-ons. They do what they say they're going to do. If they look at a job and they say it's going to cost $3,000, that's the amount that I pay. They don't go, oh, well, it was harder than I thought or oh, no, 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 whatever. No, they, they're professionals. They tell me a price. That's the price they charge, plain and simple. They do what they say. Very important. The next thing is, is that they do great work. Obviously, they're really good at what they do and they stand by their work, right? Obviously, some everybody's going to have problems sometimes. Every now and again, somebody will go in there and they'll something will be boogered up a little bit. I'll notice it and I'll give them a call back. Do you think they go, eh, don't forget, you know, forget about you? No, they don't. They stand by their work because they're actually as good as they think they are, right? So if they have a problem, they go back, they fix it, they stand by the work. This is essential. And... The last one is that they're consistent. I know what to expect when I hire these people. I know what they're going to charge me. I know how long it's going to take them. And I know what the work is going to look like when they're done. All of those things come together to make a guy who is worth $1,000 a day. They provide the value. I'm happy to pay them the money. In my business, I provide value. And other people are happy to pay me the money. That's a great thing. And you got to get yourself into that situation too. So I hope that this segment has been helpful to you. And I hope that you will begin the process of moving in the direction of earning $1,000 a day. All right, so real quick, we're going to jump into the mailbag, and uh, we're only going to take one question today, but this question comes from Jack. Jack says, hey, Jonah, um, I just got my first job in the trades. Congratulations. That's that's awesome. Um, I'm going to be on a maintenance crew for a property management company. Do you have any advice for a new guy starting a new job? I do, Jack. Uh, first off, let me say congratulations. You are in a great business. 
Property management is a phenomenal business. Learn everything that you can. Learn all the maintenance stuff. That's going to be really important. Obviously, that's going to be your job. That's going to be your area of focus. Uh, but let me tell you, if you can learn how to do what you got to do to be a property manager, that is a sweet business to be involved in. So get your head in that mindset right from the get-go, right? You, we talked about this a couple episodes back. You want to be thinking about like, how can I be running a business like this? Um, because you can make a fortune in the property management business if you do it right. But in the meantime, right, we're going to start at the bottom. You're starting with a trade job for the first time. What's probably going to happen is they're going to hook you up with a more ex experienced guy and you're going to be his helper. Okay. Except from the get go that you're probably going to get the crappiest part of whatever job you have to do, right? If there's trash to take out, you're going to be the one to take out the trash. If there's a mess to clean up, you're going to be the one pushing the broom. If there's heavy stuff to carry in and out all day, that's going to be you. That's just the way that this works. It's the beginning process. It's the bottom rung of the ladder. Accept that and understand it. Also understand that as you go along, you're going to move your way up that ladder and you're going to move away from those more menial tasks as you become more experienced. So first thing is to accept that you're going to be at the bottom of the barrel and that's okay. Pay those dues. Do it well. Do it honorably. Do it pridefully. Do a great job at all of it. Don't complain. Don't bitch and moan. Just take the broom, sweep it up, be happy, and be efficient, and you're going to be in good shape. Um, the second thing is these are these are the practical ones. Okay, I'll tell you things that make me freaking nuts when I hire new people. Um, people who play on their phone all the time make me want to punch them in the throat. When you're at work, get off of your freaking phone. Okay, so put your phone away, put it on silent, leave it in your truck, do whatever you got to do, but do not. Do not let your guy catch you, you're, you're the guy that you're supposed to be the helper for. Don't let him catch you picking your nose, playing on your phone, looking at your Instagram, you know, scrolling through Facebook or something. Don't be that freaking guy. Put the phone down. Don't worry about what's going on. Deal with that on your off time. Do work while you're at work. Put the phone away. That's a big one. Nobody likes looking at a guy playing on his phone, but nobody especially likes the new guy looking on his phone. That will make somebody hate you real quick and make them think that you're a turd. Don't look like a turd. Put the phone away. Plain and simple. The next thing is hustle. Move your ass all the time. If your guy asks you to go get something, run. Do it quickly. Literally, if you show them that you are that you are not going to be dicking around, you're there to work. You're there to get a job done. You want to be efficient. You want to you want to help push this thing along. You're not going to have skills in the beginning, right? So when somebody asks you to do something and you can do it, like go grab me this thing, do it quickly, move fast, put some hustle in your step. And then the next thing is be humble, okay? Understand that you don't know what you're doing. Now maybe you're going to start learning some stuff, maybe you know, maybe you're already handy, you've got some skills in your back pocket. That's great. I hope that that's the case. If not, you're going to be learning a lot of stuff, you're going to be, you know, getting a lot of new information. Don't assume that you're going to be an expert from the get-go because you're not, okay? Understand that being a humble person as a human being generally is an extremely good idea. Again, think about the guy from 2000 years ago. He was pretty good at it. I suggest you follow that advice. Uh, but the bottom line is when you're at work, be humble about what you do. Don't think, oh yeah, I've got it. I don't need your advice or, oh yeah, old guy, you know, oh, I'm sure you have some good tips for me. Don't be that. That's a douchebag way of approaching learning. Accept good advice. Be humble about what you do. Let people check your work. Let people watch over your shoulder. Be okay with that. Swallow your pride. Again, there's nothing worse than having a new guy on board who goes like, oh yeah, I don't need your advice. I already know how to do this. And then you watch them just totally booger up the job. It makes me crazy because I legitimately want to teach people how to do a good job. 
if you're being prideful, it puts blinders over your eyes and it doesn't allow you to move forward and to learn. So be humble. So, you know, stay off the phone, hustle, be humble, learn a lot. You're going to be in good shape. So, dude, I, I hope, good luck to you, man. I uh, it's, it's exciting. I, I really hope that you're able to move your way up. Learn a lot. Learn everything you can. Um, you know, if you have a, if, if you run into people you don't like, that's okay. You know, learn from them. Even douchebags have things to teach you. If you're humble about it, it'll be a lot easier to accept. Even if you have like an unsavory kind of guy as your, your, your sort of lead or your, your mentor in the beginning. Um, but, uh, yeah, stick into it, man, because you can make a great deal of money in that property management world. And you're going to learn a lot of different stuff because you're going to be, you know, fixing all kinds of crazy things. That's great. Learn everything you can throw it in your back pocket. And maybe, you know, maybe if you decide you don't like being a property manager, you want to go do some of this or that, you'll get an opportunity to try some different things. So give it enough time to make sure that you, you know, you figure out whether this is the right business for you or not, but learn as much as you can because none of it's going to be wasted. You can always take those skills and move on to the next thing. And that's good. So congratulations to you, man. Uh, you know, keep, keep me posted. And let me know how it's going. I, I really hope it's, I hope it's good. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to the final segment, and we'll just talk real quick about what's going on in my blue-collar journey. So uh, my family and I just got back from a, a week's stay up in North Carolina, and we were doing sort of a, a balance between a little restful vacation and also trying to get some work done. So I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show or not, but my wife and I have a property up in North Carolina. It's got about 30 acres, and then it's got a 2,000-square-foot house on the property. And um, we are in process right now of getting the large house ready to roll on the vacation rental world, right? To put the house up on Airbnb so that when we're not up there staying in the house, it'll be cash flowing and paying for itself. And then of course, when we want to go vacation, we'll just block the time out and go out there, spend some time in the mountains, and then we come back home and continue making money after we leave. So it's kind of a sweet gig. So uh, the house was in pretty rough shape when when we originally got our hands onto it. So my father-in-law actually, and my dad, went up there uh, for three weeks last year and we tore that thing to the studs and we totally remodeled the entire place in like three and a half weeks from top to bottom and we did all of it ourselves it was crazy like 15 hour days let me tell you it was a blast i'll put some pictures up on instagram so you can check it out but uh, the house is looking great is the bottom line we really enjoyed uh, the stay it was a perfect balance between rest and getting some work done because the other thing that we're doing in addition to getting the big house ready is we're also developing a, a section of the 30 acres uh, to to put on rental units to basically create tiny houses or small cabins that'll be further away on the property that people will also be able to rent again getting it to that point of monetization so so far we've had a road build we've got the house pads in place and we started to lay the groundwork for getting whatever is necessary in order to get the septic tanks and to get power service and to get water and wells dug and all of these things that are going on so that was pretty cool you know the building on a mountain is a very different situation than building down here in florida you know as a floridian you know native building contractor guy here i'm used to building houses on top of a sandbox and going from there i'm a little bit lost when it comes to building on top of a mountain so we were talking to some different people learning the building department there all of those sort of things so uh, you know, laying the groundwork so that we can get to the point where we're actually putting these units up and getting a cash flowing development going, which is a, a new thing. So I'll keep you posted as we're going along with that. But that was pretty exciting. And then this week, uh, spent the first couple of days, as I do, working on my popcorn drywall business. Uh, the job was pretty rough. I was on the third story of a condo 
granted it was out on the beach so at least you know the air smelled awesome and we had a great view but uh third story of this damn condo had these super high ceilings staircase in there so a lot of scaffold work you know it was kind of one of those pain in the neck type jobs but I still made my money, okay? I still did everything, so that was good. Uh, and then I spent the other few days this week working on demoing two of the projects that we have underway, which was also a lot of fun. So most things are finally tore up. We're about ready to start getting the process of putting them back together. Again, I'll make sure that I'm throwing some stuff online so you can take a peek at that. But yeah, everything's rocking and rolling. Things are moving right along. The uh, the the newest vacation rental house is just about there. We're... we're actually at the house today, you know, getting dishes washed and putting mattress protectors on and doing all that kind of stuff. So yeah, we're, we're moving right along. Got a lot on our plate, but uh, it all tastes good. So it's moving us in the right direction. And uh, that's where I'm at. So guys, great as always to be here. Thanks for hanging out with me today. I hope that you found this episode help- helpful and I hope that you take this stuff and actually apply it to your life. Because remember, there's no damn reason for me sitting here talking into this microphone, looking into this camera, if you guys don't go out there and actually take this stuff and apply it to your life. So I hope that somebody's out there right now, maybe you're making two, three, four hundred dollars a day and you apply some of these strategies and you launch yourself into that thousand dollar club. That's where you'll want to be. Trust me, the water's fine. You're going to really like it. So make sure that you do all that stuff and apply these things to your life. Um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up now, guys. Um, as always, if you have a question for the mailbag, make sure you check us over at www.bluecollarblueprint.com. Click on the mailbag tag and send me a question. If it's a good one, I'll make sure I answer it here on the show, give you a little coaching on the podcast. If you have any guests who you think would be a great fit to interview for the show, you can also send me their information, make sure that we get linked up. Um, also, we're on all the social media, primarily on Instagram and Facebook. Come check us out over there. Uh, make sure you're liking and send us a little bit of love and subscribing, of course, however you're getting this podcast. If you watch it on YouTube, make sure you're subscribing, leaving a com- comment. If you are on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or anywhere you get your podcasts, please do me a favor. Make sure you f- click on that follow or subscribe button and leave us a review because that stuff really helps keep the podcast growing. If the podcast is growing, I'll keep providing as much content as I can. So with that, guys, I appreciate you. I hope you have a great day. I hope you have a wonderful week. Get out. Get some work done. Start making $1,000 a day, won't you? I'll talk to you next time. Simperfix. Fix.